Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Len. I'm Christina. And we have one more day with you, Christina. Uh, but we're so glad it's been a it's been a memorable week. It's so rare <laughs> to get to just geek out about this movie because normally I'd say Fright Night and people are like, "What?" Yeah. Or they're like, "I think I saw that in the '90s," and I'm like, "Forget it. Just forget it. Never mind." <laughs> Yeah, it's a hidden gem, but the people who know it love it. I, be- I believe we're doing the good work of keeping it alive. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. All right, well, this is minute 30 of Fright Night. <clears throat> it begins with Charlie going gray and ends with Jerry trying the window. the uh, practical effect here i like the slamming charlie into drywall hard enough to kind of break it with his head and then have dust come out you know the drywall dust coming out and so charlie is choking and his feet are struggling in a panic Uh, we have uh charlie's kicking feet which uh i saw one reviewer kind of compare it to alfred hitchcock's frenzy and you know tom holland is a is a hitchcock fan you know the whole rear window thing of course there's a scene in Frenzy where uh, someone is getting strangled by a necktie and just starts kicking like crazy. Mm. And I wonder if this was kind of a homage to that. But it is uh, very destructive because his feet uh, break the machine that Len and I were puzzled about when we first started scanning Charlie's room. But I, I we've discovered what it is. Yeah. Actually, you have. It was weird. We, we did the podcast, speculated about it. I think I called it maybe a pinball machine. <laughs> what is that, backgammon? What? <laughs> Right. And it turns out it's a pinball machine. It's, it has two names. Uh, the official name is Pachinko. Mm-hmm. It's also known as Chinese pinball. And this particular model is uh, was made in 1975, 1976. It's uh, the popular bonefish play field. How I found it as I Googled Pachinko machine, after I knew what it was called, Pachinko machine car, because it almost looks like car door handles. Uh, at the bottom, uh, and that, that's the first one that popped up. Was they call it the Bonefish Playfield? Um, we talked about it on the podcast, and then not even a few days later, I Facebooked you and said, "Holy shit, man! Look up Pachinko. I think I found it." I was watching a music producer on YouTube who was giving a studio tour, and he had three or four of them on the wall, and he, and they stopped to talk about him for a second. And I was like, no way, because I couldn't find the damn – I had no no way to Google it, no frame of reference, like old pinball machine. Like, yeah. I, you know, you, this old pinball. Right. This is the first time you get a really good look at it. Previous shots were pretty brief, like passing over in his bedroom. Yeah. But it's a yeah. nice close-up of him, his feet destroying it. <laughs> yeah. I guess it did not require batteries, but it did have some electronics inside that would make it light up. But, yep, that's what it's called, a pachinko machine. Cool. And because of this, uh, you know, overanalyzing minute-by-minute thing we do here, uh, I found myself uh, looking up pachinko <laughs> at midnight last night uh, preparing for the show. <laughs> And what's interesting is there are uh, – Pachinko is huge in Japan. Uh, there are parlors for this game uh, apparently everywhere. And yeah, 
you basically can uh, equate it to like as if it's like a Japanese slot machine. That's like walls of pachinko. <laughs> right. I'm just wondering how how it made its way to the USA and was it very popular in the 80s? It must be for it to just be in his room like that. Yeah. Right. I wonder if they sold it like like as a board game, like a Ouija board or something like that. You know, yeah, something. I don't remember that at all. Me either. Okay. So at the pachinko parlor, a person goes to goes there, rents a whole like basket of balls, little tiny silver balls, and they shoot them into a machine, much like pinball. And they're navigating the balls around all those steel pins you see. If you land the balls in certain holes, then like a, a payout of additional balls pops out, and then you can shoot the balls back in, or you can cash them in. But you can't really cash them in because gambling is illegal. So you bring them to a counter. That counter counts all the balls and gives you a slip of paper with a number. You take the slip of paper to another counter. It, it, it's like any sort of uh, like ski ball. You know, you're looking at a wall of prizes. You're like, I'll take the the uh, big monkey or whatever. Like you know, and uh, they give you the prize. And then you go outside this business because again, gambling is illegal. They can't give you money for these balls. Uh, you go to another place that is located conveniently by nearby, and they buy your prizes from you and give you money. <laughs> wow. So I was I was really surprised by all this. Never heard of it. I'm learning so much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we get to uh, a pretty big line here where Jerry says, "You deserve to die, boy," which mm-hmm. really brought up a lot of more that father stuff. Uh, between Jerry and Charlie. I kind of mentioned it in an earlier minute, Christina, where he's sitting in what I assume might have been his dad, Quint, in in his dad's chair. (laughs) And you don't see... And it's like going to that chair and you're about to be punished, you know, and he's not even looking at you. But, you know, him calling him boy in this, you know, again shows he's like the adult, he's the superior, he's the one to be feared. Definitely. So then he goes on, he says, of course, I could give you something I don't have a choice. And uh, I have a quote from Chris Randon about that. He says, that scene with Charlie where he gives him a choice is such a great example of who Jerry, Jerry was. He wasn't just a cold-blooded killer. He knew what it was like to be a human being, too. He was ruthless, but there was also a sadness to him. That's kind of what I loved about that character that I thought the remake really lacked was mm-hmm. any kind of dimension to Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you would think that if you've been alive all of these hundreds of years, it, you might be sad. You might, you know, you, you've lost a lot. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. You can see uh, lots of age to him in mm-hmm. this moment. That's what I, I again, we, we talk about the script and stuff, but this movie, we're 30 minutes in. It moves along so well. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and it's moments like that that really, it's, it's just one line. And in other movies, it could be thrown away or not acted completely thought out. You know, these guys wrote their biographies and things we've talked about before. But it's just that one little line, you get so much from it. You get so much history and character development from Jerry from one little line. That's part of what makes this this whole movie incredible to me. Absolutely. You're so right. Yeah, it's meaningful, and they don't throw it away. And I also dig that, you know, Chris Randon came to this project, as we mentioned in the past, like, oh, boy, horror movie. Yep. <laughs> but then he met Tom, and uh, he, you know, read the script, and he really got into it. And now he is now, you know, emoting as the character, really feeling what that character is feeling. You know, again, in this next line where he's like, forget about me, Charlie, forget about me, and I'll forget about you. And his, that sadness is coming through, and his voice is almost like trembling. Mm. Like, Don't make me do this. I'm going to do it if you push me, but 
don't make me do it. I, I don't want I don't want to hurt you. I like I like that. I, there was a lot that kind of reminds me of Anne Rice's writing, like with stat, you know, giving people choices and and all of these things. Yeah. Kind of like, and and those characters were super fleshed out and they were very three dimensional to me. So um, I like that in a vampire. I don't. I I really don't like the um, either like so romanticized that they're not even scary anymore, or they're just so like. Uh, forceful that they're that that's all they are is scary they're, there's nothing in between so right. uh, jerry's my favorite vampire for that mm. reason exactly there is a almost identical line of course in interview with the vampire where he's like i'm going to give you the choice i never had <laughs> so, so uh charlie reaches down into his pocket and then pulls out the cross and i love how that left hand just shoots out and grabs charlie's wrist I don't know, as a viewer, I'm like, oh, I forgot he had another hand, that he was just holding Charlie by his neck with this one hand this entire time. <laughs> the delivery, the regrettable delivery of his next line, fool. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's, so uh, again, it's perfect. It's pitch perfect. Yeah. Now, there's a sound of, like, crushing as he holds him there. And I'll, I don't know, what, what do you guys think that sound is coming from? Maybe the pachinko. <laughs> <laughs> there's just this... <laughs> I don't know. That always that always sounded a little strange to me because it doesn't seem like anything's breaking. So I don't know. Is it Charlie trying to speak? It does feel like some sort of body part is being crushed, but I'm just saying this because all this time I considered this like Jerry strangling Charlie's throat tighter and tighter and he's like gasping through it and it just makes me like that sound is just oh, yeah, oh, that sounds so painful. But he's also dropping the uh, cross. It makes him drop the cross. The script says he's crushing his wrist. But I just assumed that he strangled him so hard. He was just like, he doesn't even have any energy anymore. And he just drops the the cross. But I guess that's his left hand crushing his wrist. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's when the, the fool line comes and the voice trembling again interesting thing that's that one word is not actually in the script that might have been i don't know maybe there was an, a, another script afterwards or it's an ad lib or it's just something he was feeling at the time or tom tom just said hey we need you to say something here who knows yeah but it is so like it's it's sad it's like i've this is it's enough now like you're a threat and unfortunately i'm going to have to kill you yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a lot of his humanity or what is left of his humanity in that one word. It's great. Chris is obviously a terrific actor, so oh. he pulled it great. And so that's when uh, Jerry drags Charlie to the right side of the window. He uh, reaches that left hand out to unlock the window, and that's when our minute ends. Gosh, what a, I don't know, what a, what a great minute. Uh, what a great uh, week I think this has been uh, talking with you, Christina. I, I really appreciate you coming on our show. Yeah. Oh, this was great fun. Is there anything you want to uh, throw a shout out to or plug or anything like that before we go? I'll plug something new, um, which is if you do conventions and you see the Fright Night cast, it's going to be anywhere near you, any of them. Go see them because they are all they are all genuinely awesome people, and and it, it would be a treat for someone to go meet them. So so take the time and go do it if you can. Uh, I really want to. Well, thank you again, Christina, for being on our show, and we're going to do a quick shout out to the guys behind the Movies by Minute phenomenon uh, since it's Friday. Alex and Pete from Star Wars Minute. We may have Alex on in the future. Uh, also, if you want to find more podcasts that cover m- movies minute by minute please visit moviesbyminutes.com. 
FrightNightMen.com. And let's put a stake in this one. Follow us on Twitter at FrightNightMen. Send your feedback to FrightNightMinute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next week, I'm Robin. I'm Len. And I'm Christina. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Have a fright weekend, everybody. (laughs) He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) You're so...